This is episode 116, and I'm talking to the incredible Pre Cryan all about marketing data. Welcome to the Content Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah, entrepreneur, featured writer, and storyteller in the Best Holistic Life magazine and founder of Content Queen. I'm here to teach you how to share your unique story, create content, and market your business with strategy through the channels that work for you. Each week, I'll deliver a story to help you connect to a powerful strategy around marketing, business, and content creation. I will also be joined by amazing souls and entrepreneurs who are here to share their own journey along with actionable steps to help you take your business to a whole new level through amazing storytelling, powerful aligned marketing and content strategy. Let's do it. Hello, gang. How are we all? Hope you're well. Hope you're having a fantastic day so far. I just feel like the morning just really got away from me today, but that's fine. I have been working on my masterclass workshop, should I say? I keep calling it a masterclass, but it's actually a workshop. I don't, I mean, really what's like the difference? Workshop is more work, I guess, but it's more active. I won't be talking all the time, but I'm excited about it. And it's really aligned to the last two episodes that I've had on the podcast. So last week I spoke all about my own measurement journey and how I measure my content. And this week I have an amazing guest to come in and chitty chat about it and what she does and how the numbers can empower you and support you. So the workshop is about becoming a measurement queen. Kings are allowed to join. Um, we are all about breaking the bias. But um, yeah, it, it's it's all about sitting down, looking at your numbers and making educated decisions around your Q2 content marketing strategy because it is crazy. We're coming into Q2. I can't even deal. But it's about being proactive, not reactive, guys. So if you click the link in the show notes, you'll be taken to a page where you, you know, you put your email and your um your name, and then you'll get an email with all the details that you need to sign up. And we had an email go out today with the uh template that you need to get started. There's a free template, measurement template, but I will add you to the event so you'll you'll have all the details in the event uh, calendar invite. So no stress if you miss the email, uh, you will get that. But really, I want to help you guys make really intentional marketing choices and market your business in a way that works for you and is time effective as well. So that's what this workshop is all about, looking at the numbers and brainstorming and making a strategy for Q2 extremely, extremely excited about it. I haven't done a workshop in like, so well, not through Content Queen. I've obviously done workshops for, um, you know, local councils and other entrepreneurs, but not, not for Content Queen. So not in ages. So I'm so excited about it. Make sure you join and share it with anyone that's going to benefit. Like if you are feeling really overwhelmed about your numbers and you want someone there with you as well, and, and you can do it together, then, you know, share the love share the love with them. But yeah, super excited about it. So it's happening on Thursday, March 24 or Thursday or Wednesday, March 23, depending on where you are in the world. And yeah, join in, join, join, join. It's going to be a good one. So I'm going to bring on today's guest who is a data SEO marketing specialist and she's going to talk about empowering yourself through your numbers and and what you can do so this is 
these two episodes in conjunction, so last week's episode, this week's episode, and the workshop, I'm telling you, it's what you need. And then, of course, Pri has some amazing giveaways and freebies that will just take you to the next level. Like if you went from no measurement by, you know, in the next, like by the end of March, you will just be all over it. You will know exactly what you need to do. Um, So let me talk about it. And Pri. So Pri Cryan is an award-winning SEO strategist and the founder of Brilliantly Visible. She empowers female-led businesses to scale to six to seven figures sustainably by using marketing and sales data to cut out the guesswork of running a business. That's all we need. That is all pre-intro she needs. She's actually amazing. It just pretty much explains everything she does in a nutshell, and she has so much value to provide. So let's jump into the episode. Welcome, Pre, to the podcast. Can you please first tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah, so thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. Um, so my name is Pre Crayon. I'm an SEO strategist and measurement marketer, which sounds like such a mouthful, um, but essentially within our business what we really do is we empower female-led we empower female-led businesses to scale sustainably to six and seven figures and the way that we do that is by showing them how to use sales and marketing data Mm. now that was more of a mouthful I think than my job title (laughs) no I love it absolutely love it you're a perfect fit for today's podcast I'm so excited to dive in but first can you tell everyone your origin story? We all have a story, the reason why we started our business. So what is your story and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so do you know what this is? I was thinking about this and I was like, there's so many layers to mm-hmm. where I am today. It's always it's always a bit tricky to explain like the origin, origin story, right? So yes. I've been specifically in marketing and SEO since 2008, 2009, I want to say. I was living abroad and I I moved abroad as a naive 20-something-year-old as the financial crisis was hitting. So the first seven years, I was really just freelancing and I worked with small creative businesses. It was going really well. And I now know, looking back, I had the biggest imposter syndrome because I was self-taught. So I decided to go corporate and kind of quote unquote play with the big boys. So let's go test how well I'm doing. And so I worked in corporate for a year. And as I was changing roles, I basically decided to set up Brilliantly Visible. And for the first, I want to say two and a half to three years, I was really just side hustling. So solo you know, evenings, late nights, I'm sure you know what it's like, Mm -hmm. those early, early years of business where you're just head down trying to crack on with things. Um, I decided to build an agency model, which didn't work. And then at the end of 2020, I decided to completely finish working in corporate and go full time in my business. And the last year really has just been building this 2.0 version of Brilliantly Visible and just a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, testing, seeing what works, which I know we'll get into a little bit more in, in this podcast. Um, and so, you know, I, get, I guess my biggest why of why I'm doing this, well, it's funny, originally I, 
my why was I'd met my husband and I knew very early on that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. And so I, I wanted to have children and I wanted to be at home with them, but I also didn't want to lose my career. Mm-hmm. And so this was like a way for me to work and, you know, still have my independence. Somewhere along the way, I realized that my calling is so much more bigger. And so the baby plan is on hold for the time being. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing. And it's it's so interesting because I love that you say there's so many layers to the origin story, right? There's a reason why you did this, a reason why you did this, a reason why it like, can go back and back and back and it can go on forever. Um, but yeah, it's it's so true. It's like this why, like, something bigger than what you're doing and um so exciting that you you know have these visions and these plans and you know the the desire obviously when you first started freelancing um was travel and and then there's an origin story of you know wanting to start a family and then there's another origin story of wanting to create something for yourself um which is amazing and you know so many people can relate to that so thank you for sharing your story I love yeah I love hearing people's origin stories And so the topic that we're going to talk about today, as you touched on, was about, yeah, measurement and the data around the marketing that we do, around the content that we create, around every aspect of marketing. Can you please tell us a little bit more about your journey with with data and marketing measurement? Yeah, so I think as SEOs, we are naturally very um, data-driven because that's essentially what our role is. You know, we take huge chunks of data and then we are effectively playing a little game with ourselves where it's like, here's an assumption I've made. I'm going to go test this out. And then you learn it. And it either goes one of two ways. You're either like, yes, I'm 100% right. This worked. Let's roll it out to the rest of the website. Or you're like, okay, this didn't work out and I need to fix it quick. So let's go back to the drawing board. And so, you know, having the the years of experience and the breadth of experience that I have, I was already good at that. The skill that I was really missing was the storytelling aspect of it. And I think as, as business owners, that's really what we struggle with is making that connection between numbers and data and what does the story tell. So in my last role, um, I worked for a FTSE 250 company, which essentially means the, the company was listed on the market. We had investors. And so, you know, I still had that everyday pressure of like, okay, I have to, you know, drive traffic, etc. I personally was in charge of driving traffic to the website that generated 52 million pounds worth of wow. revenue. So yeah, it's if in the UK you go within, you know, the SEO industry and you tell them, you know, I work for this brand, that is pretty much like the top job that everyone wants because it's so prestigious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, it was, I already knew the data side, I already knew the measurement side. It was really fine tuning. Okay, I know what I'm doing has a bigger impact on the business. And so, if, you know, let's say the CMO has to go to the investors and explain why something didn't happen, I need to be able to speak mm-hmm. to the CMO and be like, this is what's happened. This is what the data is saying. Here's the story that you need to present to investors who, let's face it, don't know the nitty gritty of marketing or data or the insides of a business. They just want to know why did I not get my return? Mm-hmm. And so that is really how. 
my journey with storytelling and data started. And it's been really easy to integrate that into my own business and working with my clients because, you know, I work with CEOs who have hit six figures, seven figures sometimes, even without looking at data. And so for them, there's a real big mindset mindset switch of, but I've got here this far and everything seems to be okay. And now Mm -hmm. it's not working. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the storytelling aspect because that is something that I'm a massive believer in and the power of being able to tell a story to anyone, whether it's as part of your content, but also in the data, like, okay, this worked, this didn't, why? And it's like that question of why. And I think being able to encapsulate that together, like not just look at the numbers, but also have, you know, the information and the story around it. So I am keen to know about your own process of looking at your own measurement and your own analytics within your marketing. So can you please, before we go into actual steps, tell us what that looks like for you. How do you measure your own success in, in the marketing space, whether it's the content marketing, your SEO, you know, all of the different marketing strategies? Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I think if someone looked at the inside of my business, they'd probably get really overwhelmed because I constantly have like five different tests going on and we're just like, put it out there, see what happens and we'll figure it out. We also test a lot of things within our business to use that as a case study for our clients. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally speaking, I go straight into Google Analytics. That is the chosen tool that we use. And then also our own dashboards. So within our business, we've got a template shop, which is called Empower Yourself with Data. That's pre-made templates. We use quite a lot of those to then create our own custom dashboards. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our dashboards for our business really help us identify things like our brand awareness, where our conversions are coming from, um, sales data across all of our channels and all of our campaigns. I'd say on a on a daily basis, I'm, it probably looks something similar to this. I jump straight into Google Analytics and use the annotations feature. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure about it, definitely Google it. It's essentially where you can log into your account and leave comments. So when you go back and look at the data, you can be like, okay, I know that we saw a huge increase because we did X. So, you know, every day I'll be like, if there's something going on, I'll be like, okay, today was, you know, promo X between X and X day. And that mm-hmm. way I don't have to keep the promo details or whatever it is in my head because it's already there in the account. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll dive straight into the dashboards. The kind of things that I'm looking at is, you know, what do our figures look like week to date? What does it look like month to date? And then I'm usually doing some kind of comparison to see what the trends are like. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that might be, having a look at this month versus last month or it could be having a look at this month versus this time last year um and you know sometimes there's a lot to pick up there sometimes there's nothing depending on what we're marketing on Mm. but for me it's just knowing as the CEO of my business what is going on Mm -hmm. so if there's Mm -hmm. anything that needs to be flagged I can be like by the way I've noticed this Mm -hmm. yeah I love that. And I love, you know, your process around testing things, like testing, making assumption and testing it. And I I love that because I always say that's like, okay. And obviously mine's tailored towards content marketing. It's like, okay, 
you make an assumption that looking at your Google Analytics that most of your traffic comes from Instagram. So your assumption is Instagram is your highest performing content marketing channel for social media. So you might put more energy into Instagram, make that assumption, test it, and then the data like Google Analytics and your insights on Instagram will tell you whether that was successful or not. So I love that you say that because I think, you know, making these assumptions, testing them, depending on what marketing strategies you focus on in your business, whether it is content marketing, you know, obviously we utilize them all together, but depending on where you're at in your business is like, what can I realistically focus on? Um, Yeah, it's just so important to make those assumptions. And if they don't work, that's fine. You move on. So I want to lead into a more actionable step and advice that you could give people who are using more specifically content marketing channels or blogging, Instagram, and they're just not looking at the numbers at all or not enough. What advice would you give to these people? Yeah, I think you had such a great example there where you were talking about Instagram because I want to say 99% of our clients last year said, you know, Instagram's our number one traffic driver. We have a question in that onboarding and it's like, what assumptions do you have that you want us Mm -hmm. to prove right or wrong? And yeah, so pretty much everyone's like Instagram. And then when they get their reports, they're like, oh, it's like Pinterest or Google. (laughs) So interesting. interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's always a long-term evergreen organic strategy. It is never, I think I had one client where it was like, oh, it's actually Instagram. But yeah, yeah. so if this is, if you're listening to this and you're not on like YouTube or doing SEO or Pinterest, consider doing it because that will continue to send you traffic. Um, Yeah, so, you know, you're so right. I think essentially it's all about basing assumptions. So based on your current marketing, I would say ask yourself a couple of questions. So things like what channels drive the most traffic to my website? And rather than just kind of going, okay, I'm going to go into Google, like really sit there with yourself and ask yourself these questions very intentionally mm-hmm. and try and figure out why you believe that's true. Now, obviously, I don't sit there with my clients and do this kind of extra mindset thing because it's like, you know, they don't need it. At this point, you're just trying to build your confidence in mm-hmm. using data and making these assumptions. So for you, it might be, I think Instagram's my number one driver because the amount of time that I spend on there. Okay, well, that's great. Then, you know, that's a mindset that you'll need to tweak if you find out that it's not your biggest driver. Um, But, you know, even going further, what channels give you the best leads? Obviously, if you're a service provider, it would be leads. If you are, um, you know, product-based, it would be sales. Um, And then, you know, going even further, as you can tell, like each question is getting even deeper. Mm -hmm. So it's constantly just asking like, why, why, why? So the next question would be, where do most of my clients come from? Um, likewise this could be where most of our customers come from Mm -hmm. and then more specifically where do your best clients or customers come from Mm -hmm. because at this point you've probably realized a trend like we're going very broad so the top is basically all about brand awareness all the way down to the bottom if you think of this as a funnel which is where are the sales coming from and I think one of the key things things people forget to think about is where are your best clients or customers coming from because unfortunately at one point we have all worked with clients that are not a good fit for whatever reason right whether you know 
we don't have any leads coming in or you thought that you could work with someone that you felt a bit icky about but knowing where your best clients come from will just help make that decision process so much better Mm. um and what I tend to see with our clients is the best clients usually come from word of mouth referrals yes Yes, amen to that (laughs) so true um it's so funny I was just nodding the whole time because (laughs) (laughs) it's like I had this exact realization last year when I looked at my analytics and realized that like most of my traffic comes from organic search and my blogs. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay. I know where I need to spend some energy and some time. (laughs) And most of the time, yeah, it's not always the Instagram, even though you feel like it because you spend a lot of time there. Had the same thing with another client when they realized it was YouTube and LinkedIn, not Instagram so it's it's so important that's why the numbers you know tell us so much and they also tell us you know on those platforms like Instagram or what pieces of content or what um you know drivers are working what aren't what what aren't like if I'm posting to Instagram feed or I'm spending a lot of time connecting in the DMs like what's what's working best for me or and it's just asking those questions. And I love that because also I made an assumption last year, at the end of last year, that most of my aligned clients come through word of mouth. So my focus this year is for me. And as now I have a team that can help me create content, I can shift my focus on networking and, yeah. you know, obviously providing a service to my clients that is, you know, allows them or a referral program or something like that, that gives them the opportunity to refer me on to other people. So it's so funny when you actually look at the numbers and the data, how much you can save time because you're not spending energy in a platform or in a marketing strategy that might not be best fit for your business. So thank you for mentioning all of that because I was just nodding the whole time like this is exactly what's happened and what I've seen happen. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many people that I follow on Instagram where I'm like I, I know that they use, you know, measurement marketing in their own business because I've had conversations with them Mm -hmm. and then they've made very strategic business decisions and I'm like you're 100% doing this you know because your data is telling you to whereas as an outsider if you're not familiar with it or you don't use it you're like oh why is why is that person not doing any podcasts anymore Mm -hmm. you know because for you it's like oh it's a successful podcast they have great guests but, you know, for that person, they're like, well, we're not really generating anything out of this. So we've hit a point where there's no need for us to do this anymore. So, yeah, this will this will change. I mean, you know, in our own business, depending on what we're doing, Instagram works really well for us. Um, we get, you know, maybe 60 to 80 percent of our traffic from Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's probably drives the most leads and, you know, leads opt-in sign-ups clients we tend to find that um even if people get referred to us they follow us on Instagram first make the connection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they'll be the ones you know then they'll reach out and work with us so for us we're doing the flip you know a lot of people are focusing on evergreen right now and we're like okay let's really hone down on Instagram Mm -hmm. and let's give it all our all for three months and see what impact that has Yeah. And I love that. It's like, let's give it our all for three months and see what happens. I think we're always so scared to go all in on something and see if it'll work out because we're like, oh my God, what if I 
have missed an opportunity over here because I haven't been, you know, blogging or I haven't been doing this or doing that. And it's so funny. I had a guest come on the podcast the last few weeks and she made an assumption that TikTok would work for her. And she tried it because Instagram was not giving her what she wanted. And she, in I think nine months, is now at 80,000 followers on TikTok, is getting, you know, I think she said 15, 10 to 15 new email subscribers a day. She's got clients. And all she did was make a, a shift to create less content on Instagram more on TikTok and make that assumption and see if it works. It really paid off for her. So I think we need to, yeah. you know, try these things. And and the reason we know these, I mean, sometimes it can be a guess. Hers was a bit of a guess. Um, but this is what the data tells us, right? It can give us that nudge on where we need to go. You know, um, you've, you've looked at your data and you can see that even if, yes, it comes through word of mouth marketing, we still need to have content on our Instagram because people naturally go to Instagram to follow us. We don't want to have nothing on there because then they're going to assume we're not in business, right? If if you had a word yeah. of a referral and they followed you on Instagram, we're like, oh, it's like your portfolio. It's a way for you to connect with that person, even if they were referred to you. It's just generating more of that no like and trust. So I love that you yeah. say that because you know this and you're trialing it and you're giving it a go. And then after the three months, you'll make that assumption and you'll see what you do moving forward. And this is a really interesting point on this like three months and like a strategy that takes time because a lot of times we try things like SEO, content marketing, and if we don't see instant results, we can often feel a little bit, you know. Defined. Um, yeah. And, and we're like, yeah. oh, that doesn't work. Move on. So what have you found, like, I guess, when you're looking for success of these sort of assumptions, obviously clients is a given or leads and um, traffic to our website, but what are you looking at that measures the success of something and, and giving it time and, and that sort of mindset around the sustainable marketing efforts like your SEO, your content marketing, but how do you measure the success of these assumptions? Yeah, I actually have a great blog post that perhaps we could link to in the show yeah, notes, which essentially sure. guides you through what does success look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality of it is, Marketing success will depend on what stage of business you're in and really what's going on. So what I really recommend is creating a measurement plan. It's something we help our clients with, but effectively you want to figure out what does, what are your current business goals right now and how can your marketing support you get there? And I'll give you a very real life example. So obviously we connected on Instagram as I mentioned, Instagram is going to be something we focus on quite heavily in the next three months. On, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, I basically intuitively felt drawn to hitting refresh on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. I already mentioned Instagram is working really well for us, but because we've been around in business since 2018 and we've evolved, what I was noticing is a lot of our audience is disconnected with where we're going as a business so I just said okay do you know what we're gonna we're gonna scrap this Instagram account we're gonna start from scratch now when we started Instagram was basically you know all about a beautiful photo created feed now it's very heavily focused on videos and reels um, and just I guess having more of a connection rather than what your feed looks like so in our current or our previous our version one of the the account our focus as 
marketing success really was how many people send us DMs, how many people sign up to our opt-ins, how many leads do we get, and then obviously how many sales or clients we get off the back of that. We just started posting on our new Instagram account this week. We've put four reels up and we've reached over 2,000 accounts. So you can kind of see where, yes, as a business, I want to obviously make money. But if I turned around and said, okay, we've got a new account, we need to only focus on how many leads we're getting or how many sales, that wouldn't work, right? Because even though us as a business know we've been around for you know nearly four years and we know what we're doing, we're experts, we're an authority in our market. Someone who's coming across our profile and sees four reels is probably like, oh, they're new. I'll wait to see new content, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you really need to think what season of business are you in and what is, you know, what does success look like for you? With our old account, it was all about conversion. With our new account, it's all about reach. And so, you know, having a look at insights and going, what is our reach like is one thing. But also having a look at the people following us and going, do we know who these people are? Are they already in our network? Were they following us on our old account? Are they on our email list? And if not, doing a bit of discovery and going, how do we, how did they actually find us? Mm. You know, do they follow the same people we follow? Do they follow people that we know? And yeah, of course, this is a little bit time consuming. You know, I wouldn't expect someone to do this, you know for weeks and weeks but it's just being inquisitive and going okay what currently works and how is that going to impact our wider goal Mm. yeah so if we just use that that idea of we're going to spend three months just focusing on instagram okay well we know if we're going to get more reach that's going to build a more brand awareness we'll get more people you know hopefully following us sending us messages And at that point, when we feel like we're at a comfortable level where we have enough data, that's really where we can start focusing on the conversion side of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's, it's exactly, you know, what I think a lot of people need to hear because I think the there's an expectation, right? When we start something, like I remember talking to someone recently, it was like, the first time I started my business, I thought as soon as my website hits live, I'll have clients. And there's always this like misconception that if I post, then people will come to me straight away. It's like, no, I need to be realistic about what I want to get out of this account. And each channel has a purpose at any given yeah. time. So at the um, moment you're, sorry, what do you want to say? No, I was sorry to, but I know I was just going to yeah. have a great example about the website. So yeah. as I mentioned, 2.0 is here at the end of last year, I was like, do you know what? We need to completely rebrand, redesign our website. And so I took the website down, just put up a hosting, like a landing page. And, you know, I think I've had clients before when I've worked with them, they'd be like, we've got a new website and we don't have leads. And I'm like, you're looking at the wrong thing. When we launched our website, we were not, we had sales off the bat because we're an established brand and people were waiting to, people waiting for the website to go live so they could buy stuff or you know apply to work with us but our focus wasn't that conversion point our focus was we've got a new website out live there's it's a new design it's new messaging how are people actually interacting with this I think Mm -hmm. if we had gone down the route of 
you know, we want leads, we want sales, and we hadn't got any, it would have been like a really big discouragement. And rather than having this like abundant feeling of like, oh, I've nailed this one task off my list that just took ages. I I have a website design background and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, it it took me maybe six days to design the whole, it's like a 50 page website. Mm. So, you know, I think by like day four and day five, I was like, okay, I'm ready to give up on this because it's taking so long. And so if you're already in that mindset of this is taking too long and I haven't seen results, it really sets you up for failure. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you flip it and you think, okay, I've got this new thing out there that I'm making the assumption people are going to interact with, you can use behavioral tools to actually see what people are doing on your website. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll be familiar with them, the likes of, you know, Hot Jars, Hot one, for example. Mm-hmm. You can go on there and you can basically see where are people clicking, how many pages are they viewing you know, where are they dropping off? And it can be so powerful and so useful to have that amount of data because, you know, you can make those changes in real time. So you can, within a week, you can be like, okay, I know this isn't working, let's go tweak it, rather than just putting it live and expecting things to work and two months down the line going, we haven't had any sales or any leads and I don't know what's going on and I'm panicking Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really what we do with our clients. So the majority of the times our clients will come work with us because they're launching something. And so, you know, they've got this amazing evergreen funnel set up and they're launching, they've got some kind of evergreen strategy, you know, they're doing like a webinar or a challenge or whatever it is that they're doing. And something, some basic things that they haven't considered is, you know, are you tracking clicks on your sales page do you know which call to actions people are clicking on are you actually checking how far down people read your sales page because you know there might be a disconnect like two-thirds of the way down and people don't actually get to the part you really want them to do mm-hmm. and so just being able to really track that level of data at the beginning may be overwhelming but it will help you, one, get comfortable with using data and two, give you a story. Mm. I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of women in business essentially get really overwhelmed because we're perhaps not as analytical as we think we are. But the way that I really see data and numbers is it's just spotting patterns. You're just looking for a trend. And if that trend repeats again and again, you've got the story there. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's just really refreshing. I'm sure it is for me and I'm sure for everyone listening, it's like, you know, when we look at these numbers and this data, it is actually to help us save time, save energy and save our expectations, right? So we're not like, oh, well, I didn't get sales because, but it's like, okay, well, you know, if I just launched my website, what was my expectation? And setting those realistic goals around what you're doing. And that's why each channel has a purpose. And knowing that purpose and understanding that purpose, then you can measure its success a lot easier. Then you have more, I guess, um, drive and inspiration to look at the numbers because you're like, okay, this is the goal I want to reach. This is what I'm looking for. If I look at my insights on Instagram, if I look at my Google Analytics, if I look at hot jar on my website that's tracking where people are clicking, like, is, is this reaching the goal? And if it's not, 
then what then it's easier to make changes right because you know what you want to reach sure. and you know what you have to do to get there I was actually very strategic about my goals this year for the first time in a long time well, in I think last year my goal was to not have many goals because I was going through this big health journey and it was just I needed to stay alive so that was my goal so I had yeah. less goals and then this year I went through everything it's like okay if I want to reach this then I need to get to this so then I need to do that so if I need, if I want to decrease my bounce rate on my website, for example, then I need to, you know, I'm going to redo my website. I need to look at the images. I need to look at, it's like, it's like, then you can have a plan on how you're going to reach that goal. Okay. If I want to increase my re- my website taps on Instagram, this is the kind of content I need to create to get to that. I make that assumption. Yeah. I test it. I see if it works. If it doesn't, I try something new try different call to actions, try, you know, all kinds of different things, the way I word it, the word, and then you know what you need to look at um, to be able to track if that worked for you. But I love what you shared about, you know, having those expectations, but actually like the realistic expectations on what I'm trying to achieve and what is success for you. I think that blog post will be really powerful. So we'll definitely link it. Um but my next question, I guess, which is probably what a lot of people are asking now is like, how often should I be looking at my data? And, you know, if I'm doing, if I'm a solopreneur and I'm doing all the things in my business, or if I outsource little bits and pieces, like how am I going to fit the time in to do this? So how often should I be looking at the stats and the data and, you know, each channel and all those sorts of things? So I would say ideally you want to have a look at something like Google Analytics every day, every morning. Um, which I know sounds really overwhelming. (laughs) You're probably like, okay, that sounds pretty full on. But again, it depends on what's going on in your marketing, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are being really inconsistent, you're taking a bit of a breather, which, hey, is completely fine, or um, you you just don't have a strategy in place, the data might not actually tell you anything. Mm -hmm. You know, for that case, you might just need to log in once a month and just check, is my traffic going in the right way? But Mm -hmm. if you really have a clear strategy and more specifically, if you are launching something or you have a campaign coming up or you're promoting something, having access to that data every day can be so powerful because you can pivot in real time, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of the times what we find with our clients again, and I love using, you know, it's great to use my own business experiences, but the reality of it is, got to a point where don't make that many mistakes now because it's so strategic but with our clients um you know a lot of the times one of the problems they have is you know they've launched something multiple times but they can't do that pivot in real time because they don't necessarily know what they're looking at or what it's saying or they don't notice the trend until it's too late and by that time they've either invested time and energy by outsourcing something or they've invested money into ads. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, you need to get into the habit of looking at your data regularly and just being, like we've mentioned several times, be inquisitive, ask yourself questions, make assumptions, and just kind of get to that point where you feel comfortable just knowing that you might not always have the answer, but at least you know how to get there. I guess, you know, a real life example of this would be, you know, if you're into like real crime stories or, you know, really dead reference here, but like CSI, you know, those like whodunit movies, um, 
it's essentially like playing real life Cluedo. Mm-hmm. Like all the facts are there. You just have to figure out what is going on and connect the dots. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think if you can do it once mm-hmm. a day in the morning, that will really help. If not, once a week. Mm. I love that. And it's it's also that's why it is important to have a strategy, right? Because then you can see if the strategy is working based off the data. Yeah. You know, if your strategy, for example, yours is Instagram and focusing on that for the next three months and you're looking at the data daily, you're going into Google Analytics, uh, maybe you're, check, you're looking at the certain pieces of content that have worked really well on Instagram, as you said, with your reels, you know, you create a, some reels content, maybe you create some static posts, maybe you do some stories, and then, you know, you're able to see which ones perform well. And then the next week you can tweak based on what performed well. And yeah. I love that you, you're able to pivot in real time because if you are launching and you're not looking at the traffic to your website, you're not looking at the emails that went out and if, you know, they converted or not, then you don't know, you only know at the end, right? As you said, you don't know what's working in that time and you could make a really critical change that could change the whole dynamic of what you're launching or could change, you know, it could make your life easier too because it could be that you created this really long email that didn't work and then you created a you know 100 word email that worked really well and yeah. then you don't have to create the 400 word or the 300 word email you go to the 100 so you're saving everyone's just saving time and energy even though you're saying okay looking at the data looking at the stats daily i mean i don't know what your preferences are on socials if you check them daily or if you do them a little bit more um delayed like a week or something like that um but, you know, when you're looking at this daily, yes, okay, it takes maybe some time out of your day, but it could save you so much time in the future because you know yeah. what works and what doesn't. So I, I love that you say that. And, yeah, as you mentioned, maybe it is weekly if you can't get to it daily, but just making that habit at least of implementing a plan to look at your numbers I think is very, very valuable. So thank you for sharing that because yeah, I think, you know, so how often would you look at like a social channel or something like that in, in any given space of time? So um, I tend to look at it monthly. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is I batch my content monthly. So yeah. it makes things a lot easier for me to do it that way. And, you know, each channel for us has fits into the different a different part of not only our marketing strategy but also our sales funnel as well. So one of the questions that I'm always asking us is where is our funnel leaking, and depending on where that is, that will be the focus for the next couple of months. So mm-hmm. if we are really you know for us Instagram yes we generate leads we generate sales most of the time Instagram for us is really about brand awareness. And the reason being is, as I'm sure you're aware, there's not a lot of people talking about measurement marketing or data. No, nope, you were so, the first person that come up when I searched. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Usually when you have a niche that is very well known, so let's say, you know, I do two parts. So the SEO part, people know what SEO is. It's yeah. been around for ages. People understand the value. They perhaps have done it themselves, seen results, or, you know, it's been on their to-do list. Mm-hmm. Selling a VIP day for SEO is very easy because the market is there. Mm-hmm. Selling a VIP service for measurement marketing is incredibly different and difficult because while there's a lot of search volume and you can go on, you know, Google or, or um, 
YouTube and find tons of videos, they tend to be more focused on corporate businesses or very like SaaS, tech heavy. And that is not mm-hmm. our audience. Our audience is female led businesses who are working online. Mm-hmm. And so for us, you know, having access to something like Instagram works completely different to another business. You know, we were just saying, don't rely on Instagram as your main channel. Well, that is our main channel. We're proving a lot of things wrong. We're like basically following the complete opposite of what we tell our clients, but that's okay because that's what works for us. And so, you know, for us, when we're having a look at our sales funnel, if we notice that, you know, we're seeing a dip in people, um, you know, coming from Instagram, that is a key indication of like, what have we changed that isn't working? We also, off the back of that, get a lot of opportunities like this where people find us and they're like, hey, do you want to speak at our summit? Do you want to speak at our conference? Do you want to be in my podcast? And so it's widening out what you want as your business goals and going, how does this channel fit in? Um, You know, we have our email list and we have Instagram and that's pretty much what we're doing at the moment. And, you know, we're we're toying with, you know, do we do a YouTube channel? Um, You know, that's that's probably going to be our next go-to. And, you know, a lot of the content we create is is things people aren't searching for. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes with complex topics, it's a lot easier to create video content than it is to write a 500-word blog post. Yes, for sure. <laughs> or do so, Yeah, so I do have a great podcast idea, which funny enough will have nothing to do with marketing, but it will actually work to capture the audience um, that we work with. So mm-hmm. again, you know, this is a thing, you know, I'm as a business, we're not following traditional marketing here. And it's because we know our niche so well. We know our skill sets we know what we can offer the market and so we are building the demand ourselves which means it takes a little bit longer and I think sometimes businesses really struggle with that if you have a niche that already exists for you it's going to be more like how am I competing against other businesses right but if there is no demand whatsoever you have to create that demand yourself and so your marketing it's going to look so much more different than the quote-unquote average business owner. Mm. But I love what you say too because really there's no one-size-fits-all for any business, you know, and especially if you're doing it on your own as a, you know, a, a female business leader online, maybe outsource bits and pieces, but we all have our strokes of genius, right? We all have things that we work really well with. Some of us are videos people some of us are writers some of us are podcast creators and then it's like taking that skill set and being able to create the content and know your audience and this is why you know you know your audience through the data you know what's going to work to but you know all this because you've done the measurement and a lot of us are marketing quite blind because we're just doing what we've said has been told this works do this this is what's going to help but in fact it might not work for your business you might spend sure. a lot of time on a channel and it doesn't work and you have no idea why. And it's because you're not looking at the data. You're not looking at what the, sto- what the story is telling you from 
your analytics, from your measurement. So I think you've just raised so many good points in this podcast just around why you need to know this because it's so powerful. And even though, yes, as you say, it can be overwhelming, it can be a bit time-consuming, but the payoff is just so much greater. So I think that kind of leads to one of my last questions, which is what advice would you give to these entrepreneurs who might want to start using their numbers on a deeper level, but they're just, they're not sure where to start? Yeah, I would say, you know, to begin with, just start with those questions that we came up with Mm. at the beginning. And once you start to get really comfortable by it, then you can go even further, you know, start adding things like, what do you know about your audience? One of the biggest reasons why we decided to start again from Instagram was we were able to section out our one-on-one clients versus our digital template shop clients. And what we Mm. found was that they were at different stages of business. So they had different pain points, but from a personal level, and this is the data we got from Google Analytics, um, I'll send you the link for it, but we have a dashboard called Know Your Audience. Mm -hmm. It's free. So obviously you can um, sign up and download it. But what that does is it has a look at the interests of your audience. And so Google Analytics is able to have a look at their general browsing history. I know this sounds, there's no privacy issues. I mean, it's not like it's going to individual level, but what it will tell you is it will give you assumptions that you probably made while you did those ideal Mm -hmm. client exercises, right? So for us, we know that the one-on-one clients, they generally have a higher disposable income And the data is showing us that they, you know, they have some activities that you would expect from someone that generally has more disposable income. They go to the theatre more, they go to the salon more, they travel more frequently, um, which kind of fits into our assumption. So, you know, start off with where is my traffic coming from? Where is my leads coming from? Go develop more into your ideal audience. And based on that, connect with them on a personal level. So use that data to perhaps add more interesting things on Pinterest that you know is going to connect with them outside of your business or use that, which is what we're doing, to start bringing that part of your life into your Instagram marketing on stories, for example. So, you know, I know that my audience are foodies. I'm a huge foodie. I'm, you know, currently looking for professional chef courses, not because I want to become a chef, but because I want to do that for fun. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you can bring into your marketing that helps you that next level. Another thing you can start doing is start doing market research. You know, send an email to your audience and say, hey, you know, do you have half an hour? I'll give you some advice and, and really get into the, beyond just those basic pain points, get to know them a little bit more because mm-hmm. that can help you so much more. Um, and then, you know, th- then you can go even further. Then you can start having a look at your sales funnel, start tracking um, measurement, you know, across your launch. I would say at that point, you you probably want to reach out to me so we can actually figure out what's going on and create that measurement plan mm-hmm. for you. Because having an expert on that side can literally be like, by the way, we have access to all of this data. Which one do you want to track and go from there? Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. And just another quick question. Um, how yeah. often would you 
you know, obviously you do this a lot because it's part of what you do, but how often can people realistically put into their calendars to review all of this? Like, is it a quarterly thing? I know obviously we're checking as we're going so we can pivot, but to do like an overall view of the audience, a recheck, like obviously you've got your strategy for three months. Do you recommend doing these things quarterly and having like a real deep dive every quarter? Um, sort of to give background, sort of what I do is I do a mini one each week, a monthly one on the month gone, and then I do a quarterly. And that's where I kind of refresh my strategy and look at all that. Is that something you recommend or how do you kind of break that down so it's like deep dives are done, you know, every three months or maybe it's sooner for you? Yeah, I would say when you're having a look at audience um, information, you probably want to do it quarterly. So with the interests, I look at it once a year because it Mm -hmm. doesn't tend to change that often. Um, But, you know, we constantly run surveys all the time. So we, in our digital products, we have a survey right at the beginning before they start anything. We have a testimonial at the end that gives us a pretty good idea of what changes have happened in between. Mm-hmm. Um, we segment our email list as well. So no matter where they come from within the first two emails that we are asking them, you know, where do you fit in and trying to get people to make that decision. And I think essentially you need to do what feels right for you. If you're in that early stage, you probably don't have access to a lot of information. So maybe, you know, once every six months, but when you really get to that point where you're established, you want to check in, I'd say at least once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you could base that around, you know, what marketing strategies you've got coming up. If you've got, you know, let's say if you're doing two launches a year and, you know, you know, if you're, if you're launching, let's say Q1 and Q3, then in Q2 and Q4, that is really where you could really ramp up your content marketing, understanding your data. So you can go into the next quarter fresh, knowing everything you need to know. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, thank you so much. You've provided so much insight, you know, and I think the core um, takeaways that I got just from speaking with you is having that strategy and those goals is really key because then you know what to measure and what to look at. And then from there, you know, knowing your audience, looking at what the data is telling you and, and really paint that picture and tell that story. So then you can test trial and measure, but is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? You've just provided so much. I've absolutely loved it. Yeah. I would say the only, I guess the one thing that I really want more women in business to realize is once you start stepping out of that kind of solopreneur and into that CEO role, we start doing more things like you know, big picture visions and who are we going to be as that CEO? And the idea of that next level version of you comes up a lot. Mm. And what I want to say is regardless of whether you're trying to hit six figures for the first time or, you know, you're aiming for that half a million mark, that next level version of you is using data. And I'm so confident, like it's a hill I'm ready to die on because at that stage in business, there is so much going on in your life and your business that that next level version of you just wants to make life simpler Mm. and using data in your business can help you do that because it is going to cut out a lot of noise. It's going to make sure that you and your team at that point just keep things so streamlined and you're not being reactive 
you know, you're doing things with purpose, with intention, and you know what the outcome's going to be. It'll be one way or another. And so I really just want to encourage you, you know, even if you just have an idea right now, or you're like, okay, you know, this is the year that I hit this revenue goal. Just start small with data, start with tiny things, build it up. It's like building a muscle, right? You go to the gym the first time you've got doms for like six weeks, it feels like. <laughs> but you know, after a while, it, it gets easier. And, and that's essentially the same way with data because it mm. is going to give you the confidence you need to step into that role and not second guess yourself. Mm. Yeah, wow. Well, that is perfect mic drop moment uh, because totally agree. We are so aligned on so many things you said. Um, but yeah, how can people find you and connect with you and work with you? Because, you know, you have so much to share and so much value to give and sounds like some really awesome templates and freebies and everything. So how can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram if you're on there. It's at Brilliantly Visible. And then our website is brilliantlyvisible.com. So those are the two places you tend to find us. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your insight. I've absolutely loved talking to you. Oh, thank you for having me. What do you think? I like was so inspired and I look at my numbers and I'm like, oh, I could be doing more. So there's always something we can take out of this. And I just loved how it all just creates this intentional marketing strategy and and it saves time and stress. And it's just, it's really important to have those business goals, the strategy. And if you don't have any of that, that's okay because learning about the numbers and then implementing the strategy and and the numbers will look different depending on you know where you're at and everything but if you join the workshop we can we can really tailor it to where you're at in your business and I can I can service people at different stages so join the workshop it is free best things in life are free the link is below I really believe in the power of understanding your numbers and understanding the story it's telling you And having someone there as support and guidance to get you started is really what's needed. And I would have loved that when I started. I I learned myself, um, obviously having a marketing background helped me, but if you don't have any of that, or if you've got a little bit, but you want a deeper level, deeper understanding, join the workshop. I'm super excited about it. So that's it for the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a bit of a a really good chitty chat, probably a lot longer than usual, but because Priya just delivered so much value. Be a content queen or king and remember that developing your strategy and story develops your business. Thank you so much for joining me today. And please don't forget to share this with all your business and entrepreneurial friends. You can do this by adding it to your Insta stories and tagging me at content queen Mariah or just simply tell them about it. If you rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it really does go a long way into getting my message out there and to help others with their marketing as well. Follow me on Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know any topics you want me to talk about in the future. I am down for that. I'll get guests on. I'll do all the things. You just tell me. But I'll talk to you guys next week when we're jumping into taking action. So we've got the numbers. Now we need to take action. So... I'm really excited to deliver that one next week. Talk to you then. Bye.